When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. That's me, Jazzy Jay, the, uh, you know, the the soon-to-be host of the one true podcast. Wait a second. Yeah. What is this supposed to mean? Are you Just, are you running a coup what? behind my back? Ben, I've been running a coup for about 119 episodes here. <laughs> it hasn't worked yet. <laughs> It feels like I mean it feels like it feels like it's it's on the cusp. It's, I've yeah, never it's, felt we're so close. I've never felt less secure yeah. in my position in the mm-hmm. state of things yeah. than I do right now. Right. It's, I mean, it's a fickle thing. It's there one day, it's gone the next. I know. It really is like it's just. I would say it's my primary fear that you're gonna lose the the host <laughs> no, hostmanship. Ha- well, I would say let's say let's let's pretend for a second that we're talking about the host trophy and definitely not just the rest of you know life. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like that that ongoing fear that like at any day something could happen, the disruptor could occur right you know and it's like yeah. it's there's like, like this like constant nagging fear in the back of my mind that like i'm pretty close to being homeless or something oh you know <laughs> right like like you're just like one decision away right like i feel it feels pretty inevitable that that's just what's gonna end up to me you know like i don't i don't know i'm not very yeah that like that's like this like completely irrational fear in my mind i i have to but, tell you though that like there was there was uh in the early days of like my my business thing career before before there was ever even a chance of a popcorn culture podcast uh or even like looking at super carlin brothers as a business venture and yeah. or just like as a project that you and i were doing i do remember out of college definitely like you know paycheck to paycheck just trying to like like find that like ignition moment where it was going to be like because i was so leaned in to any potential opportunity that could present itself. Like anytime like I met someone new who might have like access to something or had uh, like a skill that like I felt like maybe like I needed in mm-hmm. order to like, you know, take that next big leap. It was sort of like I always I was always like, I'm just one, I'm like one moment away from from that catalyst, from right. like the, from like the go moment where it's like, okay, like this person, like I made contact with this person or this person saw something in me or like I signed this, this deal, you know, yeah. like it was, it was constantly this, this idea of like, like, I'm just going to do my best. And anybody that I meet, it's like, I'm just going to be as wide a net as I possibly can in terms of opportunity. Right. So like, I, like at no point have I ever had like a very, very, very specific mindset but it was always anything. Right. <laughs> anything could go. And I remember once upon a time, our friend Trey and I uh, met this guy who had this massive pond in his backyard. Like, 
I was doing a little bit of like koi ponding at the time. As one is, does. As one does, yeah. yeah. You know, just an ornamental, <clears throat> decorative, you know, like a, maybe like a small if cupid I, if, spitting water. It, I, in my experience, it seems to me that owning a pond and starting a YouTube channel fall into a very similar category of like, oh, I'll just do that. Oh, and then you know what I mean? Yes, like, I people, do. Know sometimes what you mean. people will hear what we do and like, oh, maybe I should start a YouTube channel. <laughs> like, okay, all right. I feel like you you don't know, but you're being really condescending, and it's actually a tremendous amount of work. And <laughs> that that is the yeah. thing. Yeah, is that it's like it's it's when when they make that comment, it's definitely not that. Um, how do I phrase this here? It's it's not like me saying like, oh, you have no idea. It's more like what you just said was in such a way that like well if this guy can do it then surely i can right like it's this very it's it's all it's somehow ventures into the waters of of like very unintentionally uh maybe mildly disrespectful mm -hmm. but that being said i also have encouraged as many people as i could possibly talk to to be like hey trust me like you know more about something than you think than you, you think like be willing to give yourself a shot. So it's not that I would ever like discourage somebody from taking their, their chance. Yeah. But no, I do know, I do know exactly what you're saying, uh, which actually is interesting. Cause I think it pairs nicely with a topic that I had loaded for today. Oh, my pond topic. Let me just yeah. close out that okay. really fast. So that people aren't like, what was happening with the pond? Anyway, this guy didn't have an ornamental pond. He had like a big pond, like, you know, like a retention pond where all of the water from his land culminated in this giant, like one acre sized, whatever. And he wanted to turn an area of it into like a much more ornamental like thing. Yeah. And he was sort of like one of these unique cross sections between like, potential client and maybe just potential like business partner uh -huh. because he was sort of like in this exterior landscape <clears throat> architecture world and was maybe like inching towards more like retirement age had been extremely successful had tons of contacts uh and was just very enthusiastic about his pond and so like me and uh, our friend trey were like it, it seemed like we were kind of like is there a possibility that like the three of us could all work together and you're someone who has a lifetime of experience and we're people who are willing to like show up and like just be enthusiastic and be yeah. enthusiastic and, and maybe bring like some of the new new wave like I don't know maybe marketing or, or approaches to it so like we could all be like very symbiotic and I, I remember thinking like this pond this is going to be like my jumping off point. And we we ended up never doing anything with the pond, and that yeah. was that was the end of the story. But <laughs> I remember I was like, "This pond is going to change my life," uh, and it didn't. So anyway, back to YouTube. Um, you recently, uh, in the past couple of weeks, you and I were invited to Virginia Tech, your alma mater. Yes. To uh, give a lecture on basically the process of creating uh, Super Carlin Brothers, and it this particular class that we were talking to was uh, an entrepreneurship class but not under the school of business. Yeah. It was in like the college of engineering. Yes. Yeah. So this would almost be like, if you were aspiring to be an engineer who maybe someday would want to open uh, their own firm or yeah, yeah. Ex exactly. It's like, it, it it's almost <clears throat> like you need like a little bit of knowledge on this topic. 
Right, like, the only people who are going to be starting engineering firms are people who are engineers, but we need those people to have some business acumen or they will not succeed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's part of, like, upholding the, the otherwise structure, which engineers are really good at figuring out and yeah. understanding. I honestly wish that we had had a class like that for my major as well <laughs> that would have been very nice just like intro to business you have to take it it should be mandatory for everyone right it's it, it definitely is one of those uh where like it, it's a lot more applicable to so many different circumstances because think about how many businesses exist in the world and chances are what started that business was someone who was passionate about a thing not yeah. passionate about business right but then it's also helpful to have some idea how to then stay in business after the fact. Right. Um, anyway, so as we're as we're giving this this like lecture, I thought it was very interesting to me because we were sort of telling the Super Carlin Brothers origin story, um, which in very short terms started with you in college, uh, creating a channel that was sort of like an, a creative outlet for you for a little while. Yep. You exited college, entered the real world, the workforce. You were still at this time like living uh, with at home with mom and dad yep. as I was uh, like during this like two year gap working my way out of college. So as I got out of college, I was like, Hey, let's be roommates. You were like, Hey, let's do this YouTube channel. And it was sort of like, okay. And that is, that is what we did. And we, we did the brotherhood 2.0 challenge first introduced by the vlog brothers, uh, which was going to be five videos a week, basically talking back and forth at each other for an entire year. Yes. So in case you didn't know how super Carlin brothers started, that is the that story. Was it. <laughs> it was. And what I think was very interesting about going and, and talking to people uh, who are in this college environment where everything is very, like, conceptual, all, like, most stories you're being given are anecdotes that apply nicely as a way to uh, represent a concept or idea in a textbook. Yeah. It, It has less of, like, maybe always the subtleties of reality. And what I thought was interesting about it is we were asked this one question that I was like, I don't know how to answer this question. Oh, okay. What would, which question was this? So it came towards the end of our lecture and the, someone had raised their hand and they were like, so how did you guys do it? Like, how did you know it was going to be, it was going to work? And like, or what, what was it about the project that made you so willing to like have faith that it would work? You know, because the initial endeavor that we had was so massive. It was going to be so much work. Yeah. Um, Like, why would we take it on voluntarily with no guarantee of success? Exactly. Yeah. And it was kind of one of those things where it was like, I don't really know how to answer your question here. um, Because, like, because our, our story isn't necessarily just a anecdote built for entrepreneurship right like it wasn't like we set out to land where we are today and it was yeah that is it was an interesting question because you're right it wasn't like um like we'll do this and then this will be i think i think the more i've thought about it since the the lecture it's been like well we didn't really set out to become what we are today but the way i think part of like how we were doing it wasn't like we'll keep doing this until it's successful. It was like, we are going to like, we set out a challenge to complete, which was, can we have the year long conversation and never miss a day? Right. And it wasn't a matter of like doing this will lead to this. It was just like complete this and then we will have done it. And then like, 
it's like running a marathon. It's like we'll have always done that then. Yes, you know? yes, yes, and yes. It's like you and I are both like um, pretty competitive people and very motivated, like challenge wise. I yep. think most of the time, like uh, so, so many G. Every story you've heard about the GMA is always just like. I mean, to say we're a group of like it's it's a bit it's a, the whole it, most of our adventures turn into like a big game of one-upsmanship. Like yes, yeah. <laughs> who who can outdo the other? Who the can most? outdo the other? Who the can most? get to the top first? Yeah. yeah. Who can oh, yeah. last outside? You can the do cold it faster, but I did it first, so you know. Right. Yeah. yeah whatever. Yeah. Oh man, who could last the cold the longest? You guys want to hear a real fun game? You can play with your friends. Uh, we used to just call it Heat Wave. <laughs> <laughs> All you got to do, here's what you got to do. You get in your car, you're driving somewhere, just put it on maximum heat, and then the first person to complain about the heat loses. And let me tell you what's really not fun about Heat Wave is the entire game. Especially <laughs> when you have people who are extremely motivated to win, which all four of us were, which meant that for no reason at all, <laughs> the four of us would drive around almost all the time in a super hot vehicle. It could be 90 degrees <laughs> outside, yeah. and we would have the heat turned up all <laughs> All the way to the all max. All the way. And all Seat warmers would, on. And we would just all be sitting there just, just sweating. Absolutely. For, for no reason yes. at all. Because nobody was ever going to win because nobody was ever going to give. Right. And it was just ridiculous. And yeah. the key to success. <laughs> this, is, this is how you do it. That's what we should have said. Yeah. How did we do it? Let me tell you about a game called Heat Wave. <laughs> right. Well, so this is, this is like... I felt like the the kid in the class who was asking me these questions. I felt like maybe, n not entirely. And this, I wouldn't say this was like extremely forward or out loud or problematic or or anything like that. But like, I had a feeling that he was like mildly frustrated because we weren't able to like really articulate an answer to this question. So like, you know, I would like sort of give something and be like, yeah, you know, like we we sort of have this. Um, like uh support system with one another you know sort of like you don't want to be the person to drop the ball so you just want to keep going right you know and it seemed like all these answers were like really not appeasing the question and so like i finally got to the end of it and it was just sort of like i don't know grit determination willpower like yeah like <laughs> endurance like, are you asking us like how we remained motivated or like yeah yeah I yeah think. because i mean a lot of it was like because it was real hard a lot of times a bunch of times didn't want to do it <laughs> you yeah. know it's like um it's like i i don't know yeah you're to... right this particular shoot was it was as if they had not come across the thought in their in their thinkings that like you could keep going after things got hard <laughs> yes yeah. yeah or or maybe like how how are you like blindly pushing forward without any type of guarantee of inevitable success um and I, I think probably one of the things that may have helped us a little bit in the beginning is is maybe a little bit of ignorance which was that like mm. I don't even know that I saw it as us like we were achieving the goal of the one year challenge every day we did it. it. I never really viewed it as a, we have not yet achieved careers from this. And that upsets me deeply. Right. So I'm going to keep doing it. Right. Yeah. 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 So it was, it was like, I, I wasn't failing for it to become a career. I was succeeding at completing the mission. Right. Um, this is like a reframing really. It is a reframing. Yeah. Uh, which is actually that can maybe possibly lead me into my next subject because I think it may 
uh, match really nicely. Um, so my week of the peak this week. Oh, week of the peak! I know, coming I know, back, coming, coming in back. hot. I know, I know, it's catching on. Um, so my week of the peak, week of the peak this week is a book uh, by James Clear called Atomic Habits. Um, and Alice had been reading it and she recommended it to me. And so over the weekend, uh, I had my day with Addison and I put it in my AirPods and I basically listened to the whole thing in one day. Wow. I know. I was just like burned right through Boom. it. Boom. Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. And what's really cool about it is that like for me, when we are reading content that maybe has to do with the the subjects that we cover here on yeah. the channel. So like Name of the Wind or, you know, Harry Potter or whatever, um, I'm constantly in some version of like a reread for the purposes of what maybe didn't I catch the first time or like we've already built this theory and now through this lens, how can I possibly find something new? Um, whenever I read nonfiction for the most part, it's like I finish it and I'm like, okay, thank goodness. It's like I did it. I can right. say that I read Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers and right. I can give the example of the hockey players and how they're all born in January. Like how shocking is that? Um, but this was one that as I was reading it, I was like, man, I'm going to reread this. Like this is for one, the narration's great. It's narrated by the author. Oh, Very excellent. Good. Cool. Yep. Um, but <clears throat> a, a lot of the things that were being explained might be things that you're fumbling your way through on your own anyway. Like there are tactics that you're probably coming up with, just through ordinary life but maybe even knowing and, and I, I do this all the time it's like i find a concept that explains a feeling i've been feeling and then i think it's the like, most genius thing in the world right um but that's a lot of it like you know it's affirmation that like hey this is a great idea doing this is a great idea reframing is one of the things that he talked about that i was like oh this is like a really fascinating way to look at something and the example that he gave was smoking cigarettes or the process of quitting smoking cigarettes and he basically said, like, imagine two people, both of whom just had their last cigarette yesterday, and they're both standing before you and somebody offers them a cigarette. One person might say, no, thanks. I'm trying to quit. And the other person says, no, I'm not a smoker. Right. The person who says, no, I'm not a smoker has reframed the concept in their head. Like the person who's trying to quit, basically what they're saying is like, I'm a smoker, but I'm trying not to be. Right. This person is saying, no. That is not who I am. Right. And because they have like identified with their mission, it, it gives them so much more. They're, they're so much more better equipped for success. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's obviously a small example, but you could apply it to so many different things, you know, in life. Like, it's like, you don't say like, I'm trying to get into running. You just say, I'm a runner, <laughs> you know, like, right. I actually have a very specific, yeah, a very similar example to this exact thing. Um, it was way back when I was working at the old the old concert venue for bingo. And um, since I'd been working there, I had a uh, new boss. And uh, since she had been my boss, we I started going to the rock climbing gym that we used to go to. Okay. Like our friend Paul had invited us. I thought it was like the most fun thing ever. It was like one of those like lifelong things. I was like, oh my gosh, when I was a kid, I never even dreamed I would be able to be a member of a rock climbing gym. And now I am. And it's the best thing. Like it was like such a, such a moment of fulfillment for my whole life. Oh yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Uh, and so I'd been going, I think for like two months or something. Like I just, it was still pretty new into it. I remember we were talking to someone one day and it came up and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm like, I'm a climber. Like, I just phrased it like that. And I still remember the look she gave me because she had been there. She had known me like pre rock climbing and then 
post starting. So like from her point of view, like this was very new. Sure. And I remember this just sort of like, okay, yeah, all right. Like I roll, like that's a interesting adaptation of the title. Sure. Yeah. And I was like, I, hmm, hmm. I like, I've, I still think about it sometimes. Like what, what's your problem? What was the matter? Like, like, why why does it bother you that I have are like pre-identified as a climber? Right. Yeah. Even though I guess maybe because I'd only been doing it for like two months or something, but but uh, the but, thing the thing is is that it became a huge part of yeah. both of our lives. Right. And like, I think the local rock climbing gym benefited from you joining the local rock climbing gym in such a massive way because mm-hmm. it ultimately led to like everyone we know being like not just members but like. Like going yeah. four days a week. I have that effect on people. It's yeah. true. It's true. It's true. You are. You are. Um, I'm an igniter. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. A kindler. I, Is that I a like, good word. I, I like both of these. <laughs> <laughs> an igniter. That's what Jay the igniter Carlin. Jay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's For better the, than kindler. Kindler sounds like like small wood. Small. Small. You Which, know, igniter sounds like the fire is erupting. Kindler's like, oh, yeah, we've got a little sparks going. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. You don't want to be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, so the D&D campaign that we'll probably maybe ever eventually not ever do. Oh, look, now you've said it out loud. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this will be your 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 moniker. Yeah. Your, your, <laughs> the igniter. The igniter. <laughs> so it's like you're, you're kind of like, uh, what would your what would your class be? Either which way, your your solution to everything is fire. It's fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm just, my character is like a bit of a pyromaniac, bit of an arsonist, maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe like, we're towing the line. We don't know. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like, you're, you're just predisposed to like trying to like use fire to attack a dragon, and everybody else right. is like, hey, friend, that's not going to work. It's not going to work, man. I'm like, no, I can blind him. I'll make bright fire. Bright. Oh, yeah. yeah see, and then it's like all of a sudden, it's like you're see. reframing it a little exactly. bit, making we it more useful. It. Yeah. Right. You're not thinking about fire the appropriate way, friend. I know, I know. You can't get, get clever, you know? <clears throat> right. That's what being the igniter means. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, the... Uh, <laughs> where was I with this? Habits, reframing. Reframing. I'm quitting about, smoking. I'm not a smoker. All the things. So <clears throat> one of the other examples that he gave, though, that I, that I immediately took action on, I did this while I was listening. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. And I'm going to do that. Okay. So okay, let, let's let hear me, it. Let me start with some backstory. Okay. Okay. So. That was my backing up sound effect. Backing up sound effect. So I forever. Let me go back even further. When we were kids, our grandparents, uh, our mom's parents, had this great big five-gallon glass jar right when they walked into their bedroom on the left. Do you remember the glass jar? Um, but, 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 but at which mom, mom's parents' house? Mom's parents', mom's yeah. parents house. Yes. Okay. And so I think part of what this was was basically that our grandfather would typically carry cash. And so every time he would go and make a purchase, he would collect coins. And then at the end of the day, he would walk into the bedroom where he would then dispense the coins into this glass jar. Right. And I remember this was kind of like one of those things that I was like, oh, it's so cool. And like over, over like years, you know, like we would come for like Christmas every year, come over the summer and stuff. And like you, like over years you were slowly seeing this thing fill up and then eventually after 10 years of this or whatever it was the case that they like went and they finally cashed in uh this giant glass jar and it was like thousands of dollars wow you know and it was yeah. this type of thing where like to me as someone look i aspired to accidentally save thousands of dollars right in this very like 
passive approach where you're, you're not even paying. It's, it's change. It's change out of your pocket at the right. end of the day. And then one day you're like, oh, man. Look at this. We want to go on a cruise. And I have thousands of dollars right here to pay for it with. Like, how amazing is it? I just stumbled on wealth that I didn't even know I had. And so, like, forever, this has always been the type of thing where it's like, I always loved the thought of stashing the money almost accidentally. Accidentally building wealth. Right. Um, and so, as I've gotten older, I have used a coin jar before. I have, I have a, I think the GMA actually gave it to me for my birthday many years ago, but it was a Patron bottle. Okay. I think it was a customary 21st birthday <gasps> gift. In the oh, yes, you're right. You guys got me a bottle of Patron as well. Yes. Yep. Um, so I still have the bottle and I would always put my change in it. And same thing. It was kind of like, oh, like when vacation rolls around, I'm going to have like my, like my, my store, right. my, my, my coinage. Um, but realistically, for me, the real problem is, is that like, I think of every single thing I own as an asset, uh-huh. basically. Yeah. So like all the, all the time and always anything, like even when I go and buy like a, a product, a tool, um, you know, whatever the case may be, I am always kind of like, before I purchase anything, I'm like, does this hold resale value? Like, could I resell this in the future if I needed to? Uh-huh. And so I will typically like spend a little bit extra in order to get the brand that holds value or something. Right. So that if that day ever comes, it's like, it's like I used to need a Honda generator for our tailgates. Oh, is this something you're going to reframe? Well, possibly. Okay. Possibly. So anyway, um, I might have like this Honda generator and it'd be the type of thing where we used to use it for tailgates and now I don't really need it for tailgates because we haven't really done tailgates. Then can I tell you that one of my finest... Um, mechanical moments in life was tailgating with the Honda generator and, when you and we couldn't start it and I was like why don't we turn it over for like 10 seconds let the gas move around and turn it back over and it totally worked man I think I could have it didn't matter who won that football game yeah. <laughs> I, I won a life that I'll day I'll tell my kids about this my, one day guys I got it uh, that's amazing it's amazing. It's like, anybody need to start a generator right Anybody else around? I can. Anyone else? I have some tips that will help. Igniter over here. Right. Yes. Don't light it on fire. <laughs> Bad idea. Oh my gosh. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Party. Anyway, go ahead. I just wanted to slip that in. I like to bring it up whenever I can. It's, it's abso- not often. Right. No, it's absolutely perfect. <clears throat> um, so my problem is though is that I think of everything as an asset. So if I need to do something and I'm like, well, I don't want to like take from my actual like you know savings or whatever, but I do want to do this new thing. It's like okay, well, I'll just sell that old thing. Right. Uh, and so similarly with my Patron jar of coinage. Uh, for one, I don't usually carry cash that often, so I, I'm I'm contributing to it far less than our grandfather, who always uses cash, would have contributed to it. Um, but it would also be the case that like I would be getting ready to go on vacation, and be like, oh yeah, I'll go grab the Patron jar. This will be perfect. I'll do like the coin exchange or whatever at the bank, and it'll be great. And I'd usually walk away with like forty three dollars, and it's like, well, that'll pay for tolls. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but but it's like it's really not that magical. Like I forgot. It wasn't boom. I forgot I had yeah. that money. So as I've gotten older, one of the things that I tried to do this with, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna digitize it. I'm gonna enter. I'm gonna enter the new age. Yeah, there is a there's an, a program called Acorns. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Because the problem with the change thing is that no, we don't. I don't. I don't spend cash almost ever mm-hmm. anymore. Um, and 
I believe in when uh, when we were growing up, I did a very similar thing. Like anything I had change, I would just dump it in. Like I had this big crayon bank for a very long time. I remember that. Yeah, and I was always like just putting stuff in it, and then eventually I cashed it out. But then like when <clears throat> I was in college, like I refused to have a job in college. Like I just really didn't want to have like a job to have money. But the problem was then I just didn't have money. Sure. Right. Yep. Yep. So during the summer when I would work at Panera, bingo. Um, I would every time I got my paycheck, I would like go cash it, and I would come home and I would just like fold up a twenty from it and put it in this different bank I had. It was a Tootsie Roll bank. I remember that one too. Yeah, had yeah. that one. And then my plan was then I would just put the rest in my wallet and just sort of use it as my spending money. But I would always put that in there because I knew eventually in the next semester I would run out of spending cash and then I would break into that. So it was like my reserves. Sure. And it was amazing how well it would work every time. It would be like, oh, out. Well, great news. I've got. 100 extra dollars you know you know in my reserve <laughs> and it was like and guess what i'm gonna stretch this for seven more weeks and i like you know i guess i would but <laughs> yeah well and i mean i i think that you have one way or another always been really quite fantastic with money like you've always been very like conservative mm. from like with your spending and stuff and well, I, thank you i feel like if there was ever somebody who would accidentally just become wealthy it's probably you well see this is the thing right because like i the the amount i handle cash anymore is like so little so anytime i find myself with cash i luke now has a piggy bank in his room which is like become the collection zone so like i'm so excited if i happen upon like three quarters i'm like i can put this in luke's piggy bank oh that's you know? awesome it's so exciting but then every now and then i'll get this like i'll get really excited i get very excited about the piggy bank because i'm like in my mind he's not going to open he's we're not going to crack it open until he's like 18 or something and, sure and who knows what's going to be in there by then and i'm always like man this is such a long con but what if i just like what if i just occasionally every now and then i just put like a hundred bucks in there you oh. know you know and then it's just like whoa what a giant boost so yeah i mean you're you were on the exact oh, okay. path as me nice okay like the exact same thing <clears throat> yeah so so, so like with my with my Acorns account, basically what Acorns does is that if you swipe your card, you can uh, round like up, round up, yeah. and then it will just toss the extra cents into a savings account, and then you can also set it up to do like an auto draft, so that like you know once every paycheck you move a certain amount of money into it. And so historically, I have used Acorns myself as a way to just sort of like again attempt to like hide money from myself, right? But most of the time, what will happen is that something will come up or an event will happen or I'll be like, ooh, like I need I need that money. And it'll be it'll have like accumulate like a few hundred dollars. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to go grab it. Like I'll just right. take the accords out. No problem. But then again, I didn't accidentally hide wealth from myself. Not hiding it from yourself well enough. I know. And so as as I'm like going through this, like this book, listening to it, and like the tactics and stuff involved, it's sort of talking about like, you know, removing social media apps from your phone or whatever as a way to just be like you could still reinstall them if you want to but it adds an extra step and you might not want to do the extra step and so that might be uninstall the acorn app yes yes so what i did so it's still working you just can't see it now exactly yeah so so what i did because the big thing i've always i wanted to do since since addison was born was basically start a savings account for her for her first car yeah um Ooh, so fun yeah so that like someday it would come to pass that it, you know she would turn 16 or whatever and it would be like okay let's go use the money that we saved specifically for your car that i started forever ago and it's like this is the accidental wealth money this is what it is for this is what i want to do but i also don't want it to be the case that you know she's 8 and really into ice hockey and wants like a brand new 
hockey stick and it's like well we'll just go grab it from your acorns account you know and like deplenish it so i'm like gotta gotta like prevent that from happening right so what i did was i went set up a auto deposit for 50 dollars a month like the day after we get paid or whatever so it's just like paid boom in gone right uh, and then i deleted the app nice and i was like there we go <laughs> I, I was like there we go I, I went to my password manager and was like you know put a whole yeah. bunch of notes around it like stars and stuff and was like don't forget about this um right. which i probably won't do anyway right but that being said you know it's it's one of those things if you've never heard of acorns we can we can put a uh, a link to it and not sponsored not sponsored but we can you know it, i think it's a it's a handy it's a handy thing so we'll put it in the show notes right um so we get 50 bucks every paycheck so you're putting like 300 bucks a year in there, right? Uh, 600. No, did I do the math wrong? 600? Yes, right. 600. My bad. Yes, yes correct. So yeah. I, I think if the, I did the, I, when I did the math, it sounded like by her 16th birthday, there would be about $9,000. It also, it does accrue interest. Oh. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that will yield something something yeah. they have like ninety one hundred dollars yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. raking it in raking it in um <clears throat> this is this is honestly though this is how like super duper wealthy people are doing it right they're like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you got a hundred dollars on nine thousand bucks all right imagine though imagine though you had a billion dollars and then you have just a tiny amount of interest there you go boom you're set for another 50 years every year so yes you're great yes yeah this is this is this is like the whole idea behind uh, wealth accumulation for retirement is you're basically just trying to put enough money away so that when you retire you can live off the interest of that like you're not you're not eventually just going to be like okay i put a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account gonna go withdraw that see how long it lasts me right the, the the hope is to live off of the yeah you know whatever yeah talk to a financial consultant yeah <laughs> not me don't listen to us we're just trying to hide money from ourselves <laughs> yeah i don't even know if this is a, a promotable tactic yeah. but yeah popcorn culture is sponsored by shopify y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own shopify store carlin brothers mercantile and it's hard to imagine not having it now but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one in fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop.
Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, so yeah, this is coming back to all the like selling stuff and things. Me and uh, GMA member Michael Austin have been in the world's slowest negotiation for him to buy from me, my weed whacker and lawnmower. I love that we're talking about this because Mike <laughs> regularly listens to the pop. So he's 100% hearing these words right now. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I think he asked me like three weeks ago and I was like, yeah, I was like trying to do the math in my head. I'm like, okay. You can definitely have the lawnmower because that hasn't been used in like three years. Okay. The weed whacker, I think I've used like once since I've moved, but do I need it? I was like really hesitant in my mind, like I might need it again. And I'm like, no, just just cut the cord, Jonathan. You don't you don't you don't need the weed whacker. And then I'm like, all right, so how much should I sell it for? Because they were not like inexpensive items, but also just taking up space in my house. I was like, I'm, I don't even mind just being paid for the act of removing the items from my house. Like that's Ooh. a huge load off myself. But both of them probably require minor repairs or at least some sort of inspection to get up to speed as well. So I'm like trying to do all these discounts. It's like plus Mike's one of like my best friends ever, so I should probably make it really good. Anyway. <laughs> How do I care about the friend's family discount? Yeah. I need an algorithm. That's what I, I really like, need. Gotta figure this out. What's what is a reasonable price to ask for my slightly broken, unused <laughs> <laughs> appliances? <laughs> 
<laughs> to my friend. So the other day he comes in, and I like give him a price, and he's like, like prepared. He is like, whatever you say, I'm gonna give you a down payment on whatever it is. So he like, uh, he like hands me two one hundred dollar bills just out of his pocket, and I'm like, well now, I, now I'm like, I wish you just like Venmo it to me, because now what am I? Gonna, this is basically nothing. What is this? You like, how am I ever gonna use this? <laughs> Do people still like, use yeah, paper now like, money? Now I have to now I have to deal with the cash in some way, which is not to say that it's not. It's obviously you know real money. Um, but so then I then yeah I started thinking I'm like, what if though? What if I just put? What if I just put it in the piggy bank? I was hoping this is where this is going. Like, like, it's like, yeah, yeah, you know what? This is great. I get to put money in the piggy bank and the lawnmower is going to be gone. This is fantastic. Is that <laughs> because, what you did? Well, I haven't done it yet, but I think, I think it is what I'm going to do. Oh, I like this plan. I know, I know. I can't, like, because this is the sort of thing, like, Luke also has, like, no idea that every now and then if I just have, like, spare cash, I'll just throw it in there. So yeah, I can't imagine the point when he's, like, 18 and he opens it and he thinks it's all just change and there happens to just be, like, extra large sums in there as well. Right. I mean, imagine your eight has be so fun. You might just like, it, it, like whatever you were thinking was in there, it just like adds up all of a sudden. Somehow it will be <laughs> the case that I will have a uh, interesting crewing investment portfolio with an auto draft and you will have a ceramic piggy, piggy bank. Yeah. And I have a feeling Luke's going to be able to buy a nicer first car. <laughs> <laughs> That would be that would blow my mind. I don't think I put that much in there. But here's the other thing: is that like I like it. It it occurs to me that at some point, perhaps Luke himself will start con- like uh, contributing whatever funds he has to the piggy bank. Yes. You know, I can imagine a situation if he's anything like I was when a child. Him getting his birthday money and being like, "I'm gonna save it." You yeah. know, and just be like, "I'm just gonna." squirrel this away do you think that's what he will do i have no idea i have no idea it is going to be fascinating to me to watch this unfold yeah because i feel like your your approach to birthday money i think i think was atypical well, I, it is, it is, I feel like it's some, I, this is like one of those things that like blows my mind as a parent, but like, I feel like at one point there must have, I think there was like a single conversation I had with mom at one point where she was just like, you should save your money. And so I was just like, okay. And it <laughs> yeah. was just like, got it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah, I'm doing it. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, cause yeah, well, I used to, the only other way I made money as a kid was just by mowing yard, mowing like our yard and then our, uh, neighbor's yard. And dad, which were, I mean, our neighbor's yard was bigger. It was not four times bigger, but dad would pay me $5 for our entire lawn in Rocky Mountain. Our neighbor would pay me $20 for her lawn in Rocky Lot. So I was raking in about 25 bucks a week. I don't want to brag or anything. It's pretty um, huge. Pretty, pretty huge. huge. Pretty huge when you're like a little kid. If you'd put those um, into a low yield investment portfolio, think about where you'd be today. Well, I'll tell you, I put them into a very low yield um, the purple wallet with a cow on it. I remember the purple <laughs> wallet with a cow. Velcro. Velcro. Had a, had a, uh, yeah. Can you, I, I mean, think for a second, people. This wallet had a pouch for change to go inside. Just imagine, yes. Of the wallet. Imagine, imagine a canvas, a purple canvas wallet with a cow on it what there was the art who's the artist in vermont who does the cows woody oh you hadn't asked me i would have known honestly i used to have a t-shirt from this same artist that had the word holy above it and then it had a cow yeah that same cow yeah more or less there's an artist in vermont who's famous for his like cow prints i'm pretty sure it's like uh, yeah. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna get a Woody Jackson. Woody Jackson sounds right, but I'm also that might be some other 
Woody. Uh, let's see. Let's see here. Woody, Cal, Art, Vermont. We're looking. We're looking. These sound right. Woody Jackson. Hang on. Are we on to it? I think we're on. I think we're on to it. Yes. Woody Jackson. Man. So, yeah, I had a I had a canvas purple wallet that adhered to itself via Velcro with a Woody Jackson cow on it. And that was my childhood wallet. And that's where I would, um, it was my very low yield investment. <laughs> very, very low yield. Portfolio. Mom had, mom had to calculate the interest. Calculate. Calculate yes. it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Corny joke alert. Boom. That's it. Brought to you today by one J the Igniter Carlin. Can I tell you that once upon a time, when I was working at uh, the concert venue, yes. <laughs> the, Ber- the Berglund Center, we were hosting um, <clears throat> Grace Potter, the musical artist. Okay, <clears throat> she is like um, does like folk music and stuff. She's very good singer, very good. She was coming to the theater, and she is like part of her fame is that like she is very from Vermont. Okay, right. So like that that is a big part of like who she is. She is from the state of Vermont. And she was coming there and I knew that and like we you know we went to Vermont all the time when we were kids and I knew I knew about the cows, right? I was like people in Vermont love the cows. Sure. They love the Woody Jackson cows and so I was like okay, okay. We always had to come up with these artist gift ideas. And so my idea was to make a poster with one of the cows on them that said that was like a joke on your shirt. It said holy, and then it was the picture of the cow and said it's Grace P. Utter instead of Potter. Nice. Yes. So this was my this was my joke. And our this was my gift for the artist. Amazing. And yeah, it is amazing, but at the same time, you're sort of calling Grace Potter a, like you like if you don't get it. You might be calling Grace Potter a cow, which would be inaccurate. Right? Which yeah, would be yeah. which would be very inaccurate, um, <clears throat> and would probably be very insulting. <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah. you're the wrong person. But and so I remember having it, and uh, typically, like when the artist comes, you know, the the GM and the uh, assistant general manager would be the ones who like present the gift or whatever, and they go do a picture. And like our AGM absolutely thought this was the dumbest gift ever. Like I could tell he was extremely worried about it. He had no faith in it at all. Because the moment came and he's like, "You go, you go do it." And I was like, and "Then, it, then it made me like his lack of confidence like filled me with dread." Oh yeah. And so like and then all of a sudden there's this like weird spotlight. And I'm sitting there holding this thing and I have to turn it around. And I turned it around and she loved it. She no. immediately got it. She's like, "Is that one of the?" And, and then and then I was the like the hero of the moment. I was like, I told you, I knew it. So Igniter, Igniter. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that was my that was my story of giving Grace Potter a poster of a cow. <laughs> I have to tell you that when when you had this job, yeah. this was the this was the number one thing that you did that I was so jealous of. What coming up with the gifts? Yes, I hated it. It was oh, terrible. No way. Yeah, I, man, because you guys did so many clever <clears throat> things. You gave a f- so we have an Orvis store yeah. here in Roanoke, and I believe you gave Brad Paisley. Brad Paisley. Mm-hmm. 
a fly rod with his name on it? Uh, we did. It was not associated with the Orvis store at all, oh, though. Okay. This was this ended up being yeah, that was a pretty cool one. It was one of the earlier ones. We had an intern at the time um, named Tyler, and he just had a friend who made custom fly rods. What? And who I, does that? I know. I have no idea. I have no idea. So I was like, because I didn't like doing it. I was like, Tyler, try and look up some things that Brad Paisley's interested in. So maybe we can come up with a cool gift. Uh-huh. And so he was like, he found out there's into fishing. And then he had a friend who made these fishing rods. And it turns out, it's like one of these people, it's like, if yeah, because if you're into making custom fly rods, it's probably like a very like expensive endeavor. Right. And so he was like, yeah, you know, he called him and was like, could you make one for Brad Pace? And he was like, absolutely I could. You know, like, how cool would that be? Amazing. So uh, he made it. And then we had it like put like, you know, um, Roanoke Civic Center. That was before the building was renamed and like the date and, you know, the name of the tour on it and stuff. And uh, you could tell when, it, you know, we came time to do the artist gift. Um, uh, you know, we're typically last in line. And basically at every venue Brad goes to, you know, he has this exact same interaction where it's like, oh, yeah, I got to post for the picture with the people who run the venue, whatever. Right. And we brought out the fly rod and he was like stunned. Like no one had ever gotten him a fly rod. Right. And it was like, well, now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> this <laughs> is actually kind of cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That is amazing. So that was pretty good. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, this guy's basically on tour going and doing this exact same like like series of steps yeah every week multiple times a week yes you know so to him it's probably like okay you know Mm -hmm. like i mean not that like gifts i'm sure that that they're ever like you know upset that somebody's giving them a gift but i'm sure they also know it's like part of it's like it's like all part of this like unspoken rules of like touring because it's like you it's like you have to give them a gift like thanks for coming but like the real reason the venue wants to take the to get you a gift is so that they can take a picture so they can submit the picture to like venues today or something and then you'll you'll have your picture in the magazine with the artist saying look this artist came here and sold out or whatever like this is like the long game right you know for the reason behind the gift is so you can have your picture in the magazines and that's like advertising to other tours to come to your venue and it's like this this is all sort of the real the real truth behind it all it's like no one really expects the artist to one like keep the gift or truly like you know take it home and admire it you know <laughs> it's like, like 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 do they all have like a shelf at home where it's just yeah like, i guarantee you 99 percent of these things are immediately disposed of or left at the venue sure or, you know or sure. you know given out to people Hold on, on the tour so does that mean that grace potter doesn't have she might not it might have been left at the venue anyway i don't know um i like to think <clears throat> that it's on our living room wall yeah <laughs> That's what I like to think. Yeah, I somehow doubt it. I somehow doubt it. But um, yeah, that's the that's the truth behind the the venue gift. I love it. You ready yeah. for transition? Let's do it. Ben, I have a question for you. Okay. Okay. I have an answer for you, probably. All right. Ready? I think this is going to be my no my new go to conversation starter uh, with new people. Are you ready? Okay. And I want to know your answer to it. I'm so nervous. What's your favorite tree? <gasps> Not not like species of tree, like specific tree that you, you know that I know that you know, or maybe wow. maybe not even that you know. Maybe you have a favorite tree that's like in South America that you just admire because of its you know many features. But do you have a favorite tree? And now I'm confused <laughs> by the question. So the tree could exist, like like someone <clears throat> conceivably could say like Joshua tree. Yeah, right. That could be your favorite tree. Like if I asked you your favorite bridge, it could be a bridge you drive across every day for work, or it could be the Golden Gate Bridge. You know. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see. So, but, but it, so it's not a species of tree. It is a specific tree. Yeah. But it's just okay if it's not, if you don't have like a direct, like it's not like in your yard. Right. Yeah. It could be. It could be. Yeah. It could be in your yard. Hold on. Let me, let me give this a hard ponder because okay. I, you know, it's, I do, <clears throat> I appreciate trees. Yeah. More, I, I don't want to say more than the next guy, but like I do like a good tree. Well, there's nothing like a good tree. Not, nothing like a good tree. Right. <laughs> Trees are great. Trees, they're everywhere. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Think, Ben. I feel like there's a tree that I do admire. Okay. While you think, I can tell you about my favorite tree. Please do. Please yeah. do. Okay. So my favorite tree is actually in my next door neighbor's backyard. Wow. Yeah. Yes. I believe the species is, it's one of, I think it's a cherry blossom. Okay. So it does. So if you don't know the cherry blossom, like there's these giant festivals in Japan every year yeah. where they all blossom at the exact same time. But what's unique about the trees is that they only blossom for like one week. Okay. So it's like they're in bloom for one week. They have these awesome pink petals. It looks super cool. And then they're gone again. You have to like wait all year. Wow. So anyway, I'm thinking about it right now because we are at the point of the year where my neighbor's tree is about out to bloom and I love it. It's like my favorite time to be on the deck and look look at the tree. <laughs> I almost wish that you could like somehow set up a time lapse with like a phone or something like over several yeah. days to watch it come. I know bloom. right now because right now it's like, you can tell it's very close. Like all the blooms are there. They're all white right now. They haven't turned pink. Okay. So I feel like it's very very close to happening. Okay. And um yeah I'm I, I set up a time lapse this morning. It's also very nice because the sunrise happens right behind the tree in okay. the morning so and we we where we live is like fantastic sunrise country yeah so that's true. when the sun is coming up i can see the sunrise it normally has those like cotton candy clouds and there's the tree and another great feature of the tree is that it's not in my yard so i get all the enjoyment of looking at it without having to deal with any of the maintenance of it <laughs> Just another real winning point of this tree. Is but it, if something ever happens to it, I'm going to be like genuinely upset. That's the most J Igniter Carlin yeah. <laughs> comment I've ever heard. <laughs> I like to enjoy it from afar. Yeah, but uh, not too far. Like I'm about as close as I can be. Right. I got a front row seat yeah. to this tree. Exactly. But you, but you would not plant this tree in your own backyard so that you could have further enjoyment. No, nah, that would just take up room. Nope. I'm I'm hesitant to put a swing set in my backyard because I'm like, this is gonna be there's not gonna be room to run around. I'm like, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> do, you, do you find that often you get home from work and just go, just go frolic, <laughs> just run around in the backyard? <laughs> yeah, just, well, <laughs> the kids do. No, I'm imagining you doing this solo now. No, just like doing like the airplane, just like. Whee! Yeah, not not by myself, but if you think me and Luke and Nick and Nate weren't just literally running in circles in the backyard this past weekend, you'd be wrong. Okay, yeah. okay, I love it, I love it. And that makes me very excited for, for activities with Addison. Yeah. Man, I'm trying so hard to think of my favorite tree, because mm-hmm. I feel like there are a many. Yeah. Um, because sometimes I feel like, like one of the big things that I've wanted to do since I bought my land is be able to convert those trees into features within the property. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I've talked in, in a previous episode some time ago now about wanting to buy my own sawmill yeah. so that I could actually like maybe like take a tree down specifically for building purposes and then be able to like turn that tree, like the wood from the tree into things like that could be just really, really, really neat. Like I've, um, I've imagined having, having like a, a swing, for example, that just, goes up like a hundred feet in the air like the ropes come down like a hundred feet oh, okay, yeah. and it's just like a swing that like that that has unlimited potential <laughs> it's like an infinite swing right and i'm very excited about that and so i don't know that i could point to the specific tree that that 
seat will come from Mm -hmm. but it's very important to me that it happens that you have the the big swing that i have the big swing yeah i've also thought this was another this was another pondering that i don't want to offer any false promises to anybody on but i do think it would be kind of fun is so like our our coffee company carlin brothers coffee i feel like has slowly morphed a little bit uh from simply just a coffee company to like i'm I'm always hesitant to call it like a lifestyle brand Mm -hmm. because it's like i don't know if we have quite enough stuff to to, to fill ben. that cu- to fill Yet that ben. cup we did just launch <clears throat> these awesome buttered pancake butterscotch candles here i have to tell you that the <laughs> sitting right not, here available at collinbrothescoffee.com this was not intended to be an ad but i i have to tell you guys that of all the candles that we have made and i love all of them this one the smell the throw i think the scent throw that comes off is that it, what it's called i believe the so the throw the throw that is fantastic yeah right yes. it's massive like you can light this thing for like 10 minutes blow it out and your whole room will continue to smell of this scent of this flavor yeah. for like like 30s of minutes. I know. I've been very impressed with this one in particular because I'm not one who typically likes like a sweeter candle yeah. at all. But this one in particular, it like even I'm sitting right next to it. It's not bothering me at all. It it smells like when you wake up in your room upstairs and someone downstairs is making pancakes. You're right. Like that's what it smells like. That it is- smells like pancakes are like three rooms away. Yeah. It's like it's like you've been awoken by pancakes. That is the scent. Yeah. I've been very impressed with it. And uh, it also has a signature charm. I'm not just saying that because I, you know, I think you should buy candles. Um, but it also, fun fun thing about all of our candles, they also have secret charms in them. They do. They're yes. really neat. It's really fun. Um, oh, actually, this, uh, anyway, go ahead. Uh, um, <coughs> oh, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Trees. Trees. So um, through my vlog, uh, like one of the things, I like to do projects in case you've never watched it before. So like if you've ever heard about any of my home projects, um, they are now typically documented in vlog form and uh come out you know on the weekends and stuff uh but one of the things that i was thinking the other day would be really fun to do as it's just like an ongoing way to have like a very exclusive something uh would be making cutting boards oh which is just a very it's it's a fairly basic you know on the whole activity for like woodworking this is that is to say i haven't made one since wood shop in high school mm-hmm. um but i feel like as i start going and sort of like doing some tinkering on the land breaking some of the wood down drying it doing all those things i was like it would be really cool if just like throughout the year i could make like 25 cutting boards and then just have them available like at christmas and they'll have like cool like you know brand kind of stuck yeah. on them and stuff <laughs> you know like would that be fun that'd be fun i would take a custom cutting board i always need a reason to do things i can't yeah. just do it right you know like because what am I going to do with 25, 25 cutting boards? I mean, Etsy, I guess. I don't know. That's, I guess that's true. But this yeah. this feels much more personal. Because okay. the, the, I feel like anybody at home might be like, I actually know the guy who made this. Right? It would be, be good because I the, I find that I've got like, I don't, how many cutting boards do you own at your house? Three. Three? Yeah. Okay, I've probably got like six or something. Six, wow. What it's a way too, I know. They're like all different sizes and I feel like all different materials. Some of them have warped and stuff. And I feel like it's maybe the sort of thing that if you just constantly replaced them, it'd be very nice. And it's sure. just like, but it's like a cutting board by nature is like very durable. So it doesn't feel like it ever really needs replacing. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like the point is you just keep cutting on it. That's what it's there for. Right. But like I wouldn't mind. But some of them get like warp and like I hate when they get like they start to like spin 
on the table. You oh, ever have yeah, that? That's like a yeah. very bad, specifically bad feature for a cutting board because you don't want to press down on something with something sharp and have it spin in the wrong direction or something. It does feel like a liability. <clears throat> yeah, I should I'll just get rid to, of that one. I'll keep in mind that. Yeah, not yeah. spinning. But it occurs to me that if you just refreshed my cutting board every year, I could just throw out the old one and then just have a, a brand new one every year. So I could, you could be like on a subscription plan to Ben's cutting boards. Right. And for once free. You, once you, for free. Yeah. Well, you're my brother. Yeah. <laughs> so, so once a year, I'd just be like, New cutting board. Yeah. You can throw the other one out now. Right. I'll just sell the other one on Etsy myself, and then I'll put it in Luke's piggy bank. It'll be great. Ben's old cutting board. <laughs> Ben's old sale. cutting board. That's right. Oh, ben man. made it. I used it. You can have it. <laughs> Feature, featured in this blog where Beth made chili. That's right. Woo! I know. Comes fantastic. with a certificate of authenticity. That's right. I'm sure people are lining up for used cutting boards. Oh, yes, yes. It's all just marketing, Ben. It's all just marketing. It's like, you know what? This is what I always think. I, man, I always think this about hotels. It's like, I bet you couldn't I bet you couldn't pay someone to take a used mattress from you. Uh-huh. You know? like. But at, on the other side of things, like hotels are nothing but renting used mattresses. That's true. Right? It's like you're paying tremendous amount of money on the nightly to rent a used mattress. <laughs> Although they are they are rather spectacular mattresses. I have yeah, I, I mean, have like, coveted the <clears throat> the like Marriott whatever their bed is. I know that they actually like, they have like a store. You can like buy the Marriott bed. Yeah. I aspire to, right, own, to own the Marriott the bed. The Marriott bed. Yeah. And yeah, and it's it's one of those things where I bought my current bed like 8 years ago, which means that it's probably like starting to get on it's like final fumes yeah and uh, it's it's kind of like occurred to me it's like have i reached the stage of life where i can buy the marriott bed <laughs> yeah because yeah you're in like a it's like a weird position where it's like if you buy yourself like a bedroom set elsewhere then it'll probably be quite an investment in its own right and then it'll be like well do i need to wait for this to wear out or would it be am i setting myself even further back on the marriott bed right 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 and to be clear, when I say the Marriott bed, I don't mean the bed frame. I just, I do just mean the like the mattress and bedding. Yes, okay. exactly those things. Which this, I mean, it, it, it's like one of those things that I think sneaks up on you in life too. Because there's, it's like I remember buying my first ever mattress when I went to college, and it was three hundred dollars, and I was so proud of it. Like it was like, in a way that I think probably nobody else cared. But like I had like done this thing that like. <laughs> It felt like such a big deal to me. Yeah. Like almost to the point where I feel like <laughs> not I don't, this this is not intended in any way, shape, or form to be inappropriate. But like I almost feel like if I were was at my apartment and I was like I had like a friend over or a girl that I was trying to date, I feel like I'd be like, I bought my own mattress. <laughs> like, like this would not be like an invitation to the mattress. It would just be like, check this out. Look look at my accomplishments. Right. It's a merit badge of life. Right. <laughs> I own my own mattress. Ba-boom. Wow. All right, Ben. Okay. This, I, there's a note in the notes here that says, people keep being surprised by my perspective on reality TV, which made me surprised that it wasn't what we were all doing. So now I'm curious, what's your perspective on reality TV? Well, okay. So <coughs> I feel like in the past couple of months, I have I have found myself in consumption of some prime <coughs> 
reality TV. Yeah. Um, there is the TV show on Netflix called Love is Blind. Great which show. just had its second season. Way better than The Bachelor. It is better than The Bachelor. Yeah. I have to say. And I have enjoyed The Bachelor for many years now. And I've, I've watched probably every season of The Bachelor for many years now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was really ready for this season to be over. I'm getting worn out on this show. It was rather exhausting. Rather exhausting. It was, it was like, all right. Oh, man. I don't know if like, we, don't know if we on, keep dude. doing this. And it's, like we're, it's like, I don't know if we're taking it too seriously or not seriously enough. It feels something about it's just not right. What's that right is that they present everything about the show, markets itself as if it's trying to help some person find love. And they're just not. They're just not really trying to do that. They're just like, hey, if that happens, great. As long as people watched, we don't care. So the thing is, though, is that people want to watch the dumpster fire. They I know. They don't want to watch. They don't want to watch it. Like, be I complain about it, but then if there's ever just like a meaningful, loving date where they're like talking about important things, I'm just like boring. <laughs> <laughs> don't care give uh, me back to the crazy people and then the crazy people are back and i'm like why don't they get rid of the crazy people and then and then i just i don't know why i watch it at all sometimes <laughs> that's a, all of those <coughs> completely fair points yeah okay completely fair points no so i i feel like i tend to have this perspective on the people who are on the shows because um usually they inevitably do something that is questionable um and I, I it's like so much of like what i take in like i feel like what reality tv gives you in like a very unexpected way is like just a lot of data about people's life experiences and so it's like for me it's always very interesting to see like what has led this person to have these sets of emotions Mm -hmm. and like i I think that it has made it just so apparent like how big a deal like insecurity might be in your like dating career and you know it's it's fascinating because you do learn the backstories of a lot of these people and so often like that's a big part of it to me is like you know nobody was ever I don't know. I guess I tend to think nobody's ever born bad. Like, you know, there's, there's no such thing as like a bad egg, you know, it's just sort of like people's life experiences are what have shaped them. Right. And so I think my, like a lot of times when I'm watching it, what I'm watching is like maybe at times the opportunity for some of these people to like have some growth, you know? Right. Or, or maybe it's even interesting to me because I haven't had many of these life experiences, but it exposes me just to them in some capacity and Mm -hmm. i'm seeing how they are impacted by those things right um so i I think the the surprise most often is maybe something along the lines of like you have a lot of empathy for someone who decided to go on a reality tv show and and it's like maybe that just is where my head's at with it Mm -hmm. is it's like i'm i'm not quick to fault maybe Mm. like it's like I feel like maybe I can I can understand maybe even the the compulsion to go on a reality TV dating show in the first place probably has like there's there's something you can even learn about that personality. Sure. So see that. So what are your surprise that other people aren't watching reality TV to learn about (laughs) other people's point of view? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably it. Like, I think that that is like the thing that is most fascinating to me, and it's I mean, because you also get to see like you get to see conflict um, 
sort of like an exponent on it, but then you can also see the various ways that people handle conflict, which I think can always be very interesting. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's like your, it's easy to be critical. I mean, like sometimes I even go back to like when we played, um, Mario Kart on our gaming channel. And, yeah. Like, we would attempt to give life advice while also attempting to win the game, uh, while also being very aware of the fact that we are like recording ourselves for a show that some people will listen to. Right. And so, like, on, on the one hand, you know, you've got the task of being good at the game in, in front of you and, and trying to be competitive with one another in the room. Uh, you also are trying to, you know, think critically about the question that somebody has asked you and, like, provide some kind of meaningful uh, response that is somewhat well balanced and not just reckless words yeah um and also then knowing that you have the magnifying glass that is the uh almost in perpetuity existence of these words now being like recorded and posted to the interweb meaning like you need to you need to have like that layer of uh care and attention to making sure that like you're handling your steps as as best you can uh-huh. you know so that you're not just like dropping hot takes left right, right center which is not to say that we haven't ever you know done that but it's the you know you're you're trying to you're trying to balance all these thoughts and so a lot of times and what, avoid blue shells and avoid blue shells exactly which usually hit me because you're so far ahead yeah and i'm like sort of like the the like second place spot that like is far <coughs> back from you which means i just get everything rained on mm, me sorry about that that's okay yeah. i got used to it but um so sometimes i actually feel like i i might even feel the same way about like the tv show survivor you know it's like you you could be watching these people attempt to navigate very complicated like uh social political environments while also being starved exhausted you know surviving the elements cold whatever the case may be. Right. And so sometimes I'm actually very impressed with how well these people are able to like maintain being articulate, yeah. you know, or, or still step with nuance while it's like you're watching them and assuming they're just in a room having a full blown argument. it's like, they are probably somewhat where person to person they're still on camera. They're still on yeah. camera. They're still being documented. Um, and so I don't know. I think there's a lot of that this past season of the bachelor in particular, the, the main guy, as he got towards the end of it was really not saying some of the best stuff. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and not, not necessarily (coughs) handling it super well. And to that, you know, I mean, it's not like I would ever go in and defend any of the points he made, but it's almost like any person, if you were to take the worst argument you've ever been in in your life and have it broadcast on national television how do you hold up right you know and it's like it's like yes not good like not good not agreeing also probably every other living person at some point in time has been there right you know and so i try to keep that in the back of my my brain skull yeah when you're watching the old reality exactly tv yeah so I don't know. I, 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 I think I think I'm trying to learn some things from reality TV with a grain of salt. With a grain of salt, yeah. <laughs> in, in an ounce of uh, caution. Right. Smart. Good approach. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, thanks, I thanks. I dare say. Yeah. Anyway, 
that's all I got. All right. Yeah. All right. So anyway, apparently I'm surprised that other people aren't doing this. As I explained all of it, I was like, this makes more sense. <laughs> I'm starting to understand that nobody else is probably approaching it this way. But you could. I encourage it. There you go. Yeah. I will say you talked about Survivor. This present season of Survivor, which is only like three episodes deep thus far, really good. I think Survivor has been making tremendous strides forward and like changing and adapting their show for like an ever-changing and growing audience. Whereas I feel like The Bachelor has just been sort of doing the same thing on repeat for a long time and it, it does not feel fresh or new. The most shocking season yet. <laughs> the most shocking season ever. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean yeah <laughs> right okay so yeah like take that even for example it's like you have an arm you have a, a an army of producers all of whom are trying to make good television and you're trying to wade through the subtle waters of like days away from getting engaged to a person you've known for uh, a, a matter of weeks yeah like all of this you know the people like decided to go on the show you know like they're all they're all aware of of kind of the the terms of service yeah you know as to as to what's going on but like you don't exactly have people around you your immediate echo chamber everybody you've just spent time around for months maybe doesn't have your best interests at heart right they have the viewership right yes yeah yeah so sometimes i even think it's very interesting to see all these people and then almost even watch them escape the show and then it's like oh like without all the noise <coughs> everything got better yeah what do you know how about that who knew <sighs> That's all I got. All right. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Pop. As ever, if you have any feedback at all for us, you can shoot that over to popcornculturepod at gmail.com. I always read through your emails. I'm always very appreciative of the feedback that you guys have for us. If you have any corny joke submissions, I have grown uh, surprisingly light oh, in wow. the old inbox. Maybe we so need some more corny jokes. I realized that I probably haven't had a, uh, a call to action and ask, if wow. you will, for yeah. some corn, corny jokes. That's popcornculturepod at gmail.com. If you would like to support us on Patreon, uh, you can do so at patreon.com slash popcornculture. We have a variety of super cool tiers over there, including the show after the show. Oh, no, yeah. hold on. The show after the show is a different thing. Yeah. After the, after final the final pop. pop. Which is slightly inspired by The Bachelor. It is, the yeah, after the final rose. Yeah, yep. but at the end of each episode, you say pop, pop. I so do. it's like after the final pop. Right. It's pretty good. Exactly. I, like it. I thought it was very clever. Uh, anyway, we have a couple of those episodes <coughs> that are just available if you'd like to get a sample as to what that might be like. Uh, and if you sign up even just for a month, uh, you will gain access to the entire backlog. So it's a really good bang for your buck. One last time, patreon.com slash popcornculture. Otherwise, until next time, pop, pop. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.